Hey there, thanks for checking out the Ike Wingate Morning Show podcast. Well, you've thought about doing your own podcast, let me tell you, it's not near as hard as it used to be. I launched a podcast back in 2008, and it was crazy difficult to get it listed everywhere where listeners were, which back then wasn't really that many places. But now, podcasts are everywhere, and with a platform like Buzzsprout, you can be all over the place with one click, plus a great-looking website, analytics, and more. That's why... We use Buzzsprout. So follow the link in the show notes, and that'll let Buzzsprout know that we sent you, and you'll get a $20 credit if you sign up for a paid plan. Plus, it helps support our show as well. Again, down in the show notes with Buzzsprout. Let's go. All right. Go ahead. The time is now. Let's do it. Here we go. This is the Ike Wingate Show. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Join the show now. Text 870-505-1518. Ladies and gentlemen, here's your host. Ike Wingate. Ike Wingate. Ike Wingate. Good morning. Happy Wednesday to you. December 20th, 2023. On the way, celebrity birthdays, this day in history, random facts, and a Christmas display that is outraging neighbors. Caught doing good, a kid puts on a pet drive. And uh, someone who's mad about a Christmas parade takes it way too far. Plus, we'll be in studio talking law with Greg Thurman of Thurman and Flanagan. All that coming up today, plus a whole lot more brought to you by Thurman and Flanagan, attorneys at law, online at ozarkjustice.com or call 479-253-1234. And it is that time of morning for your celebrity birthdays here for Wednesday, December 20th, 2023. Let's see here. Singer JoJo is 33 today. Jonah Hill is 40. David Cook from American Idol, 41 today. Nicole De Boer, who is on Deep Space Nine, is 53. Chris Robinson from the Black Crows, 57. Anita Ward, disco diva from Ring My Bell, is 66 today. Michael Badaluco, who is Jimmy the Grunt Berluti on The Practice, is 69 today. Jenny Agutter, who played Jessica Six in Logan's Run, is 71. Alan Parsons, 75 today. It's National Sangria Day, five days now from Christmas. And on this day in history, France formally transferred ownership of the Louisiana Territory to the United States during ceremonies in New Orleans that happened on this date in 1803. The Louisiana Purchase was worth roughly $15 million, about three cents an acre. What a deal. In 1820, the state of Missouri imposed a $1 bachelor tax on single guys from 21 to 50 years old. In 1860, South Carolina became the first state to secede from the Union. Within two months, Mississippi, Florida, Alabama, Georgia, Louisiana, and Texas followed. In 1946, It's a Wonderful Life premiered in New York. Elvis Presley drafted into the military on this date in 1957. The Dating Game debuted on ABC in 1965. The Godfather Part Two opened nationwide in 1974. Walk Like an Egyptian by the Bangles hit number one on the pop singles chart on this date in 1986. In 1993, Donald Trump married his second wife, Marla Maples, at the Plaza Hotel in New York. A judge gave O.J. Simpson full custody of his young children on this date in 1996. The classic film, Beavis and Butthead, Do America, was released on this date in 1996. In 2007, Queen Elizabeth II surpassed Queen Victoria as the oldest British 
monarch ever. At the age of 82 and eight months, we know that she lived well past 90. Those are your celebrity birthdays and this day in history. Good morning. And it is that time of morning for your random facts. In 2001, Ichiro Suzuki refused to tell the media the name of his dog because, quote, I do not have the dog's permission. Somehow it eventually got out that the dog's name was Icky. And Icky was newsworthy because a few years earlier, Ichiro credited him with convincing him to stay with the Seattle Mariners. <laughs> woof, 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 which meant stay, stay, stay. Of course I listen, is what he said. Well, that's true. That's all true. The trench coat got its name because British and French soldiers wore long coats in the trenches of World War I. Thus, the trench coat. When he was on Miami Vice, Philip Michael Thomas came up with the idea of the EGOT, E-G-O-T. That's where you win an Emmy, a Grammy, an Oscar, and a Tony, an EGOT. He even wore a gold medallion that said EGOT because he wanted to win them all, but apparently he hasn't even been nominated for any of them as of this point. Rapper Lil Wayne's original rap name was Shrimp Daddy. <laughs> Should have kept it. Shrimp Daddy. All right. Asperger Syndrome is named after a doctor named Hans Asperger from Austria who worked with the Nazis during World War II. And those are your random facts. Good morning. Good morning, and thank you for being here. Well, how is your Christmas light display doing? For some people in New York, not so well. People love it when you go all out for Christmas and cover your house in lights, but they might not want to live next to you. That might be the caveat there. A couple in New York named Tim and Grace Gay hold the record for most Christmas lights on a residential property. Back in 2012, they put up over 346,000 lights. They beat their own record in 2014 with over 600,000 lights. Thousands of people visit their house every December in LaGrangeville, New York, just outside Poughkeepsie. They use it as a fundraiser for local charities, and they've raised close to $700,000 over the years, but now they're dealing with a growing distaste among their neighbors. A bunch of Scrooges, bah humbug. They are sick of all the lights, probably all the traffic. Yeah, lines of cars. Also the music. They do blast music through big speakers. Uh, the lights are very bright. A guy named Edward Cash compared it to running a Legoland out of your property for 40 days a year. He ran for a seat on the town board last year just to make the city rein in the display. Yeah, he's a one-issue politician, I guess, uh, but he lost with 15% of the vote. This year's display is bigger than ever and will probably set another record, including 720,000 lights, 1,700 strobes, and a playlist with 255 songs. They opened it the day after Thanksgiving. It's going to run through December 28th. Tim and Grace don't plan to do it forever. They say they will stop once they hit a grand total of $1 million in donations. So what do you think? Should the neighbors let it go because it's for charity and Christmas spirit and all that good stuff? Or is it just too much of a nuisance? Will these people stop at nothing? They're going too far every year, adding thousands and thousands of more lights. I don't know. What do you think? Send me a text, 870-505-1518. Interesting, their neighbor literally ran for office for the sole reason of blocking their display. <laughs>
His name was not Ebenezer, but it could have been. Good morning. Ever caught someone doing a good job? Tell us about it. A nine-year-old in Colorado wanted to do something nice for shelter pets with no homes for the holidays in honor of her dog that had just recently died. So she organized a pet drive. This is Millie Kakuzka and her mom, Ashley, talking about running this amazing event for animals in their area. It's been really hard the last year to watch her struggle with that. She was a Border Collie mix, and her name was Bella. I thought it was sad that pets didn't have owners, especially around the holidays. We asked her for her Christmas list and what she wanted for Christmas. She went in her art room and came out with a flyer and wanted to do a pet drive donation. Just make sure that every pet feels love, even if they don't have a home on Christmas. Even though you're little, you can still make a big difference. A cute kid there doing good things, no doubt about it. If you've got a good story out there, let us tell it. Just email it to show at ikewingate.com. It's time for Stranger Than Fiction. Well, people joke about Grinches during the holiday season, but uh, this guy was more than a Grinch. He really could have hurt some people. A 43-year-old man in Middleburg, Florida named Douglas Moore was arrested after he opened fire on a Christmas parade. People say he had a little too much eggnog, if you know what I mean, and he was agitated by the activities generated by parade attendees. Thankfully, no one was hurt, especially since there were so many children involved in the parade. They arrested the guy, charged him with six counts of aggravated assault with a firearm, reckless discharge of a firearm, and using a firearm while under the influence of alcohol. They left off the charge of being a unbelievable Scrooge Grinch. That is stranger than fiction, everybody. Good morning. And we are back in studio with Greg Thurman, Thurman and Flanagan, talking law. We are back on the Social Security disability subject. Very, very important. Greg, I wanted to ask you, what what's the advantage of having an attorney like you represent a claimant in the disability process? First of all, I I always try to explain to my clients that yes, you can you can go it alone. All right, but there is a lot of information that needs to be gathered and provided to the agency, Social Security Administration, then Disability Determination Services in Little Rock, then Office of Hearings and Operations, where the administrative law judges work. Our office helps our clients gather all the medical evidence that they have. I advise my clients when they call me about certain things. I'm not a medical doctor, but they'll call me and say, you know, the doctor thinks I need to have this MRI. What do you think? Or the doctor is recommending that I go see this specialist. And I'm always, you know, encouraging my clients to get as much evidence as possible. I always say, follow the recommendations of your doctors. There's some uh, regulations out there that says if you're non-compliant with treatment, that, that can hurt your case. And so I explain that to them. There's a lot of different forms that have to be completed uh, under certain time requirement, activity data living forms, pain forms, medication forms, past relevant work forms. And so what my office does, not just myself, but also my staff, we assist our clients to make sure they get those completed, get those submitted so that they stay on track with the process. Again, it is a long process. I also hold a lot of hands. I take a lot of phone calls and I encourage people whom I believe are disabled. They believe they're disabled, but they're going through hard financial times to get to this ultimate goal of being approved. And like I said, 
previously. After a couple denials, it can be very discouraging to my clients. Not as much to me because I know that the majority of the cases, you know, can be won at the hearing stage, but you get denied twice before you get there. And that's psychologically very difficult on a lot of people. And so, you know, my office is, is basically the way I always, I've always described it is, you know, there's an island out there and that island is the island of benefits. And you can get in a rowboat and try to get there yourself or you can get on the cruise liner and let my office get you there. There's a complete difference in how you get to that de- destination by trying to go it alone or getting on a cruise liner with a captain that knows how to, you know, drive the boat. Big time difference there. And, you know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't try to amputate your own arm. I mean, you need you need help in certain cases, and uh, this certainly looks like one of them. It is, and look, I also believe you need to talk to somebody that spends a lot of their time in this area of the law. And again, you know, sixty percent or more of my practice is disability, and I give people the the hard truths. You know, if I don't think they have a case, I will tell them why I don't. And I always say, hey, go get a second opinion. Find somebody else that does disability law. They may see it differently than me, but I don't want to give people false hope. And I go through the different factors of whether, you know, it's their age, whether it's their work history, whether it's the impairments that they believe are disabling. And my knowledge with regards to how favorable those impairments are seen with the agency. And so that's the benefit, Ike, is that you're going to be with a, a firm that can walk you through the process from start to finish. It seems like an absolute no-brainer. I don't know why anyone would try to navigate it without the experience that you guys have and having people's back in this process and a long history of knowing what it takes and winning. We talked about fees in a previous segment, and this is a contingency fee. It's a no-win, no-fee case. So in our office, we'll put in two Two and a half years on cases. I've taken them to federal court. Told you about, you know, the case that I took two cases a couple years ago, the Eighth Circuit. That case was three and a half years. A lot of time, a lot of expense. I don't want to say it didn't cost the client anything because they're the ones that aren't working and, you know, have, you know, to survive this time period. But as far as the fee goes, it's a contingency fee. Which basically means no upfront money for them and you're paid if you win. Correct. We're kind of in that boat together, so to speak. So everybody's incentivized to get a win Everybody's rowing in the same direction, if you will, to give the uh, boat analogy another another stab there. Thanks, Greg. Appreciate you being in studio here with Thurman and Flanagan and Talking Law. Thank you. And a very pleasant good morning to you. Hope you are having a great day so far. Well, Netflix has released their viewer data. It's only for the first half of the year, though, which means it's, you know, a bit outdated, but nonetheless interesting They're very, very tight-lipped about uh, viewer data. But they did release their most-watched content for the first half of 2023. And here are the top 10 or so series. The Night Agent, Season 1, is number one from the first half of the year. 812 million streaming hours. Yeah, and it's uh, the next on the list is quite a few hours less. 665 million hours hours is Jenny and Georgia season two. I've never even heard of this. The Glory season one is number three. Wednesday season one is number four. Queen Charlotte, a Bridgerton story is at number five. You season four. I understand. Yeah, I've seen that one. That is uh, number six. Lorena Del Sol season three is number seven. Outer Banks. I like that series uh, is number eight. Jenny and Georgia season one is number nine. 
Okay, so season two is number two. Season one is number nine on the list. Number 10 is FUBAR season one. That's according to The Hollywood Reporter. So if you haven't seen any of these series, you're looking for something to binge, uh, maybe one of these. If if you want to follow the crowd, right? You just, you know, if you... I have found the best series to watch are the ones you find out about from a friend. That you trust their opinion. They can give you kind of, here's the good thing about it. You know, here's some, you know, things I don't like, you know and at least points you in the right direction. Otherwise, it's just like you're rolling the dice when you take on a new series. And I mean, you know, we only have so much time. You don't want to spend it on a risky, you know, potential show because you might get, you know, two or three episodes in and go, oh, this is terrible. And I've just wasted, I've wasted my time here. So maybe we should all just be reading books anyway. But uh, that's what's happening with Netflix. Good morning. Good morning to you. Well, as we gear up Christmas just a few days away, People are thinking about what makes them feel nostalgic over the holidays. A survey recently asked that question. For better or worse, the holidays are packed with nostalgia. The question in the survey was, what ignites the most nostalgia during the holiday season? Number one, spending time with loved ones. Yeah, I can see that. Decorating the Christmas tree was a close second, followed by seeing holiday lights, holiday music then, holiday movies, baking cookies creates nostalgia, cooking holiday meals, receiving a holiday card. That creates nostalgia? And vintage decorations. It seemed like they were kind of losing steam there. But I could definitely see, you know, hanging out with loved ones, seeing the lights, Decorating the tree, holiday music, holiday movies, baking cookies, special special holiday cookies, things like that that you only bake at Christmas time. Some holiday traditions might only be done for the sta- uh, for the sake of nostalgia. In the same survey, 22% of people admit that they probably spend more time planning and putting up their decorations than they actually do relaxing and enjoying them. Yeah, that's kind of sad. Is that just for social media or something? I don't know, but... Uh... 22% of people out there spend more time worrying about decorations and planning than they do relaxing and enjoying the fruits of their labor. Yeah, I mean, decorating that tree, it takes a bit. You know, and then you keep having to put those decorations back up when people bump into them, you know. It takes a lot out of somebody. <laughs> anyway, uh, what did we miss? What do you feel nostalgic about during the holidays? Let me know. Send the text to 870-505-1518. Good morning. And Merry Christmas. Well, it's that time of year you know that the Holiday Hoops are upon us. That's right. The Holiday Hoops Tournament is kicking off one week from today in Berryville at the Bobcat Arena. And you can come on out and watch Wednesday, December 27th through December 29th. That's Wednesday through Friday next week. Uh, 107.1 FM with our Carroll County Broadcasting family of stations. We'll be on air with announcements and highlights throughout each of the uh, tournament days. And so if you're not watching in person, or look, you might watch for a while. You might have to go do some stuff. You've got the radio there with you. You can always know what's going on. So the best of both worlds. And our coverage of the Holiday Hoops Tournament next week brought to you by Kirk's Excavation, Thompson Ready Mix, Jeff's Car Care, Berryville Eye Care Clinic, and Eureka Springs Eye Care Clinic. So if you want details on the tournament, you can always find it at our website, kthsradio.com. Good morning. Hey, I want to tell you about another podcast I'm doing, one that is shining a light in the dark corners of our media, our government, 
and our culture. It's the Ike Wingate Show. You can find it at IkeWingate.com. Please subscribe to it, listen to it. It's a longer form, unfiltered podcast that delves deep into the issues that are happening in our culture. So check it out, please. Hey, thanks for checking out the Ike Wingate Morning Show podcast. It's an honor to know you've been listening and hanging out with us. We know you got choices, and believe me, we appreciate that you made this choice. We'd love to spread the word. We need your help with that. Leave us a review, rate us, whatever you can, because that'll help spread the word on the show. You want to contact us? Hit us up, show at IkeWingate.com. We're on Insta. We're on Twitter, we're on Facebook, we're everywhere. Just type in the Ike Wingate Show. Have a great day.